2: Hey, welcome back! It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBen. Uh, again, I just want to thank everyone for our um, uh, for their help in our continued coverage today. David Bellavia, Brian Mazurowski, Tom Puckett, Max Ferry, Brayton Wilson, uh, Tim Wenger, uh, Lucas Buckley. Thanks to uh, all of you uh, for uh, being there and um, helping out with the coverage today. Some big news breaking. Um, this morning or afternoon, actually it was this morning, Silicon Valley Bank, one of the tech sector's favorite lenders, was shut down by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation today. The FDIC uh, has taken over and formed a separate entity. It will be, quote, working over the weekend uh, to determine... Uh, what depositors get what. Uh, but what is the impact of this? What does this all mean? We bring in associate professor of the financial services, La- oh, I'm sorry, the financial services lab director at Niagara University, Professor Ed Hutton. Ed, good uh, afternoon. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good now, afternoon. Ed, uh, tell me, you know, first off, how did we get to this point where the FDI, I'm sorry, where the California uh, Financial Protection and Innovation Department is shutting down a bank. How do we get to this point?
3: Yeah, sure. And we really need to go back uh, to 2007, 2008 to see a bank failure of this size. So this is something that, that really takes us back uh, you know, almost 14 years. And, and what happens is that uh, if you understand the way that banks work, of course, is that when people put deposits into a bank, The bank doesn't keep that money in a vault somewhere. They keep some of it on deposit, around 10 percent, but they lend out 90 percent of that. And the problem is, and what happened uh, this week with Silicon Valley Bank, is that the depositors, and, and altogether about $180 billion worth of deposits were made at this bank, started asking for their money back. And when that happened, Silicon Valley Bank it tried to raise the money. But, of course, in order to do that, they had to sell some of their investments. Because of the way that interest rates have been going and because of the fall in many of the stocks, uh, Silicon Valley Bank found that when they went to try to get this money so they could repay their depositors, uh, they were taking huge losses. And what happened is that they – Basically have gone through the money that they had set aside you know the money that, that was there to pay back the depositors they don't have it and so the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation the FDIC the the uh, provider of the insurance for the depositors' funds, said that's it, guys you're out of business we're going to take over your uh, we're going to take over your operations because you haven't managed it well, and because we're the insurance uh, on these deposits were coming in and taking over the bank
2: now there is uh, there is some question the FDIC they they uh issue I'm sorry they insure deposits up to $250,000 so ed does that mean i mean if you had over 250,000 that those funds are in question right now
3: yeah yeah that's it, it, exactly what it means uh, joe uh the the FDIC will protect deposits, individual deposits, less than $250,000. So if you are somebody that had uh, $500,000 on deposit at uh, Silicon Valley Bank, what you're going to get apparently is going to be a uh, a certificate. Uh, a, a piece of paper from the FDIC said that if and when we're able to wind down the operations of this bank, you'll get some of your money back. But that means that you don't have that money right now. Instead, you've got a certificate that may or may not be worth something at some point.
2: Yeah, Edward, was there? You said you know they um, people were coming for their money and they were trying to sell off uh, some of their investments. Was there a sign that this was going to happen? Because it seems like the stocks are reacting to this news this afternoon.
3: Yeah, the, you know this was. Uh, there's been there's been some concern about Silicon Valley Bank. And and in order to really kind of understand that, let's think about the name. It's called Silicon Valley Bank. And so most of its customers are connected with the technology industry in California. And if you take a look at what's happened, the stocks and a lot of these technology companies uh, in the last 16 months, really since the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates, we've seen that stock prices, a lot of these companies have gone down a lot. And, of course, what that means is that these companies, these technology companies, are starting to run out of money. They, they need to they have cash to be able to pay their employees and to pay for their operations and computers and that sort of thing. And they were the people that had their deposits at Silicon Valley Bank. And so there's been a lot of people that have been looking at this. But uh, so I don't think it's been a total surprise. But if you if you remember the term, people have heard this term before, uh, a bank run. And that's where when people lose confidence in one bank, it can be contagious. And that's what we're starting to see in the market right now for a number of other Banks, Because remember that uh, banks are so much a, uh, you know, they, they often contain the word trust in their name. And when w- you lose trust in a bank, it can really have other depositors at other banks. And there's a couple of other banks around the country right now that are starting to feel some of the same pressure because of what's happening in Silicon Valley Bank
2: you mentioned those other banks obviously most of the people listening here ed don't have anything to do with a silicon valley bank so what could be some of the effects of this to people here in western new york could we are there any banks in the area that i wouldn't say we should be fearful of but i mean people could react to this news what sh- what would the effect be to someone here in western new york
3: well joe i think our banks are very very different you know what <laughs> We have, I think, you know, and maybe to a fault, we have a very conservative banking culture in Buffalo. Uh, M&T Bank, Key Bank, uh, uh, the banks that we have in Buffalo are are very, I think, conservatively run. Their depositor base is much different. So instead of, you know, high-flying technology companies that are going to have uh, – needs for cash that uh, they're going to need right away. Most of the depositor base that we have in Western New York is going to be smaller businesses. It's going to be individual depositors and that sort of thing. So there doesn't really, I think that we're really pretty isol- uh, isolated from this problem here in Western New York, because I think we have a very conservative banking culture. Uh, having said that there, there are banks, especially as we get into uh, uh, other parts uh, of the country that I, I think have, they take a lot more risk in their operations. And and some of those depositors might have something to fear from what's happening right now.
2: You know, Ed, this sounds a lot like uh, what happened with FTX. Now I realize FTX was crypto and this is a bank, but kind of sounds like similar things. People lost trust and were trying to get their money back.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and that is a... uh, uh if you look at some of the things that Silicon Valley Bank was doing, and some of the and some of the depositors there had, they had, and some of the lending that they had made to things like some of these cryptocurrency type startups and that sort of thing, yes, they they took a lot of risk. And if those risks pay off, you get a high return. But we see today with what's happening at Silicon Valley Bank that when you take a risk like that. Sometimes you're going to get burned, and that's exactly what's happening.
2: Ed, you know, I've got CNBC on here, and uh, the market's down, obviously, with this news. But if it wasn't for this news, I mean, there was some good economic news today with uh, the jobs numbers. Did this kind of uh, take out any gains that would have been made on those uh, that announcement?
3: Yeah, Joe. You know, I think I think the market re- is reacting to a couple of things today. What what seems to be coming back is is the fear that the Federal Reserve is going to speed up the pace of rising interest rates again. So I think that the general consensus in the market was that we were in this area where the Federal Reserve was slowing down. You know, they were kind of they had raised interest rates a lot, very, very fast last year. And the idea was that they were tapering that off. They were going to slow down those rates. And, you know, maybe we would get this soft landing to the economy. Well, the numbers that we've been getting in the last couple of weeks are that, uh, you know, the the economy doesn't seem to be slowing down that much. Uh, we, got a, we got a good uh, unemployment number today. You know, there were uh, job creations, almost 50 percent more than predicted. Well, that's great. But the Federal Reserve is saying, hey, we really want to get prices to slow down, inflation to slow down. And so, what I think is driving the market today, in addition to the news about Silicon Valley Bank, is that maybe the Fed is going to have to pick up the pace. Maybe they're going to have to start raising these uh interest rates again at that high rate uh, for last year. And that's got a lot of people spooked right
2: now. You know, Ed, I hear that so much, the the Fed raising interest rates to to slow down the economy, to slow down inflation. Um, But to me, that doesn't make any sense because doesn't that mean more people are going to have to spend more money or the loans they have out will will cost them more monthly? Or or am I I taking the word interest rates wrong?
3: Well, you know, really what you want to do is that it's, it's kind of a supply and demand thing. And so if, if people are borrowing money uh, and people are investing a lot, and we often you know, think about that as that's a good thing in a lot of ways. But what that does, especially if we look at what happened last year, that can lead to inflation. And the Federal Reserve, you know, they're an independent entity. They're not part of the United States government. Uh, they, they are an independent entity. And what the Federal Reserve they have has a has a mandate as a charter is to keep prices in line. And so they're focusing on reducing inflation. And I think, especially Chairman Powell, he, he testified to Congress earlier this week, and, and he basically wants everybody to know that the Federal Reserve is going to take whatever steps necessary to keep prices from rising too fast. And why that's so important is that we don't want to get into this uh, idea of what they call this inflation spiral where prices just keep going up because people expect prices to keep going up uh you, you sort of have to break that fever and uh and i think that's what that's what the chairman chairman Powell said this week and i think that's one of the things that has the market uh, on edge
2: do you think news of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and, you know, people will take that in all different sorts of ways, but do you think this news, as we're seeing the, the markets react to it, do you think uh, that this would be positive news for cryptocurrency, Ed? Or is cryptocurrency still the thing that never get, got to its full potential?
3: Well, I, I don't think that, uh, if you take a look at what's been happening, there, there was quite a bit of recovery in the prices Uh uh, of Bitcoin and some of the other cryptos uh, after the FTX thing settled, because it looks like it uh, had had been contained. But remember that one of the uh, one of the things that people talk about in terms of a, an advantage of cryptocurrency is this lack of uh, regulation. And when something like Silicon Valley Bank happens, people say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe a lack of regulation isn't the best thing in the world. Maybe there do do need to be some." rules and that sort of thing uh you know for safety and so uh i don't see this as helping cryptocurrencies at all uh it's still a new uh new field it's a new uh, it's a new product and and we'll see what happens but i don't i don't think this is a good development
2: hey ed uh, as always appreciate you joining us and uh, breaking the story down that is Ed Hutton from Niagara University. He is the Financial Services Lab Director and always uh, fu- uh, always great to catch up with him and I appreciate him being available on such short notice. I thought that was just an interesting story. I mean, we're talking about the first bank failure since 2020, all right, three years, and the second largest bank failure in American history. I think that's that's a huge story and i thought i would bring it to your attention um and, and also point out that you know there was good news today right the the job numbers that was that's positive news that came out today but it seems uh that that news very quickly took uh a back seat when the uh FDIC was forced to take over the 16th largest bank in the country and you know as ed said you're, you're seeing um reaction in the market and you know I uh, I look at Twitter a lot and you see what's trending on Twitter right now three things are trending on three of the top trends have to do with banks Silicon Valley Bank FDIC JP Morgan in Wells Fargo and you see uh, y- you see how people are reacting um to the Wells Fargo news right that was a few years ago uh when they were found that they were um, charging people uh, a higher—I I forgot what the exact thing was—and I, I don't want to get the, the news wrong. But Wells Fargo's been under uh, under the um, microscope a few times. Their most recent was that they were impounding cars uh, that people had actually paid their loans on. You know, the people weren't missing the loans. There, there was something wrong with their computers, and they were taking they were taking the wrong cars um, uh, as you know, saying that people weren't paying their bills, but they were. They were taking the wrong cars. And now, you know, they've uh, lost another settlement where they have to uh, hand out money to those whose cars were uh, wrongly taken, uh, even though they were making their payments. So, again, interesting news. And I think the thing we learned of this or that we're reminded from this, is, uh, as we said with Ed Hutton, you know, FDIC, it's that that insurance on your money. Now, I probably will never know what it's like, to have any kind of account with $250,000 in it, okay? okay. So I, I, I will never be able to relate. But for those of you that deal with big money, maybe your business, maybe your company, that deal with big money, I mean, how scary is it that the FDIC only, insurance, uh, only has insurance up to $250,000? You know, we're talking savings account, we're talking checking accounts. What happens, you know, to the rest of your money if you had more than that in an account, well, people at Silicon Valley Bank are about to find out as the FDIC said they're going to work through the weekend to try to figure this out. But there are people um, that, you know, number one, right now there, there are a ton of people that, can't, that don't even have access to their money. The app has been shut down. The banks have been shut down. They'll reopen um, as the entity the FDIC has created on Monday. But there are people who will not have access to their money this weekend. Now, you know, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Can you imagine not having access to your bank account this weekend? I know the easy answer. Well, I'll just charge everything and pay it back when I when I get uh, access to my account. That's the easy answer, but that's not the answer for everybody. When I, when I heard this story, I heard this story at noon. I heard it break at noon. And the first thing I thought was I couldn't imagine if I went into my banking account right now and I was told that I didn't have access to my account until Monday. Because that's money that I um You know was expecting to have this weekend. You know, less and less people carry cash. But does news like this make you want to start carrying cash, having more cash on hand? Maybe split up. You know, I know someone, I don't think they want me to say their name, but I know someone who splits up their check. Uh, between um, different banks, right? So they have their check. They have 10% go to one account. They have 20% go to one bank, and they spread it out through different banks. Now, they do that for a saving purpose, but with news like this, maybe you want to have multiple accounts at multiple banks. To me, that would sound confusing, but what do you think? Eight hundred three zero nine thirty star 930, Steve's in Lancaster. Steve, what do you think about all this?
3: Well, I I, I come in a little late regarding the FDIC limit of
4: $250,000. However, that's per person
3: on the account. So if you have your spouse on the account, that limit is actually $500,000. Oh,
2: okay, okay.
3: So just um, I didn't hear if that was added in there, but that in fact is that's
2: a fact. No, that well, that's good. That's good to know, Steve, because that changes what I was saying. If it's two fifty per person on the account, that's uh, that's a, that's a little better. Yeah,
5: exactly. So I just wanted to add that. Thank I, you.
2: I appreciate, it. See, No, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that that makes a little more sense. But if it, it's still scary, right? That you could lose access to your bank for just a matter of days. Again. Talking about a a majority of people, sixty percent is a majority of people. A majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of Americans get paid on Friday. Just think about it. What would you do if you logged into your bank today, or you went to your bank's ATM today, and it said you cannot, you do not have access to this money until Monday? You know, most people have plans over the weekend. Maybe they're taking a, a day trip. Maybe they're seeing family. Maybe they're going on vacation. Just think. If your bank said for three days you don't have access to the money, I think a lot of people would be in trouble. And again, I know the the easy answer is I'll just use my credit card. Again, that's not an answer for everybody. Most people don't want to just run up their credit card. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star 930. If you have any takes on this, uh, I'll I'll take your calls. But I, I just thought it would be great to have Ed on. Uh, he's always um, very informative uh, and to bring this to your attention, it was something that uh, that broke this morning and I wanted to uh, break it down for you. So eight hundred three zero nine thirty, 930 Star 930, if you have thoughts on this, if you have any updates on the road, uh, snow is falling, the roads, um, there are some roads in some bad conditions. We are getting close to rush hour. Alan Harris is two minutes away from his first traffic report. So stay careful out there. And if you can safely update us on what's going on, then update us on what's going on, but only if you can do so safely. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN.
6: Selling a little or a lot?
2: Hey, welcome back. They say this video ruins his career. I hope I don't have a show that ruins mine. It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking about this uh, bank collapse, the Silicon Valley Bank uh, shut down today, taken over by the FDIC. And now there are people who you know, members of this bank will not have access to their money until Monday. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to most of you, but, you know, to the 60% of Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck, that might be, uh, that might be, a, tough, that might be a tough pill to swallow on Friday, not having access to your money until Monday. I want to know what you think about this, 803-0930, star 930. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about finances yesterday when we had our minimum wage discussion. Um, you know, what is your advice to avoid something like this? I mean, I mean, again, this is out of anyone's control except for people in the bank, right? But what is your financial key to... Not live pay- paycheck to paycheck, I guess is what I'm trying to ask eight oh three oh nine thirty start nine thirty We'll start in Amherst with Kyle Kyle uh good afternoon
4: yeah, appreciate you uh, thank my call uh yeah, I was just thinking about uh my grandparents uh they were born in nineteen oh seven and nineteen oh nine and that generation I believe was you know the great uh depression generation and they they didn't trust the banks because they didn't have the insurance like the two hundred fifty thousand Less. Uh, A lot of them used to keep money in the house. Uh, Matter of fact, we used to always laugh about our uh, grandparents and their relatives. That when they died, you were guaranteed you're going to find thousands of dollars stashed around the house. Um, And then I don't know what year they came and the FDIC came in with that insurance plan. But you know, uh, I mean, I'd love to have two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank.
2: (laughs) You and me both.
4: But I, but I, think any personal finance person would tell that person to spread that money around to different banks, especially if you got millions of dollars. They, I'm sure the rich people don't keep it all in one bank. They, you know, they have probably different portfolios. They keep money in real estate, stocks, and cash, and and, and oh, and gold and stuff like that. So it's it's unfortunate. But the average Joe guy, he's the one screwed because even if he had, let's say, twenty five thousand in the bank. And like you said, if the weekend and you need that money, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you're kind of screwed, you know. Um, man, that's tough.
2: Yeah, exactly. And Kyle, it's funny you mentioned. You know, that there were so many people that didn't trust the banks, and you know, for a while there, when when or maybe still, when, when older people would pass away, you're right. You know, you'd hear about people finding all this money stashed away in their parents' house that you know they they had no record of. It was in a book. It was under the bed. You know, it's you've heard so many stories of that from people who, because of the Great Depression, didn't trust the banks.
4: Yeah, there was no insurance for them. You know, they lost everything. Uh, at least now there's insurance. You may be inconvenienced and have to wait a little bit, but at least you know you're going to get your money back. You know, so it's, you know, uh, we're just,
2: huh. it's that wait for me, Kyle. You know, I mean, because again, sixty percent of Americans, their paycheck to paycheck, it's that waiting for the money. Uh, you just never know what's due on a Friday. I mean, nothing's due on a Saturday or Sunday uh, because it's not business days. But it, it seems like just a huge inconvenience. And um, do you ever, do you ever fear? I mean, you know, I, I'll have to I'll have to be honest. I never even thought of a bank shutting down until I heard this story. Is that a fear that's ever gone through your mind?
4: No, not in this day and age, but I do have multiple bank accounts. Uh, for Not for situations like this, but just because, you know, I like to have different accounts. Uh, you're per, you're, you, I think you said somebody, they had the percent of the paycheck spread around, you know, and that's a good way to save money, too, because one account I just kind of forget about, you know, let it go there, you know, I could trade, uh, Zell is nice too nowadays, because you can also transfer money from one account to another account easily without actually going into the bank. So, uh, you know, I, I think, well, you'll you'll see, you're, you're a young family, you'll see how it is when you start, <laughs> you know, uh, having kids and home improvements when you get that house, and you always want to make sure you got money on hand in case the furnace goes or the... You know, something goes because, you know, uh, most people don't have $3,000 immediately just to throw into uh, uh, the replace uh, some some home improvement that's needed immediately. You know, so you always try to keep money uh, on hand just in case emergency purposes.
2: Uh, Uh, Kyle, that's 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 why I'm living the apartment life for as long as I can.
4: Yeah, well, good luck, buddy. You'll be in a minivan in probably
2: the next five to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kyle, appreciate the call. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Yep. Thanks. You too. I'm I'm glad Kyle said that because that's another question I want to I want to ask you at 8030930. How has your banking changed? Because he's so right. I've been to a bank once in the last three years, and that was the week after our, our wedding. That was the only time I've been to the bank in the last three years. I don't go to the bank. I transfer money. I have um, a cash card. I have my bank account. And, you know, I, I have some cards. I pay everything through an app. I transfer money to my wife, right? We'll, we'll, we'll split bills. I don't go to a bank. Like, I don't go... My, my banking is all through banking apps and credit card apps. And when I had a car payment, when I had a um, an auto loan... I made that payment payment through an app. When I have to pay a friend, I pay them through an app. How has the way you handle finances, how has handling money changed with technology? We'll go to Dan in Tonawanda, who I think uh, his answer is it hasn't. Dan, good afternoon. Hey, uh, first I'd like to say
7: uh, thank you to uh, Jason Arnold's family uh, for letting him serve the community he gave the ultimate sacrifice for humanity, and I hope that they can take uh, some solace in that. And you know, uh, rest in peace, Jason. That being said, uh, last caller, Kyle. I love Kyle. He's a great caller. He really is. I mean, the kid. Every time he talks, he's spot on. Uh, but I was always a guy a cash cash's king. Uh, I was at a meeting Tuesday at the Common Council, the City of Tonawana, where I live. And I tried to explain to these people that are in charge, the politicians, some of them might be listening now, so hello to them, <laughs> that we are in the midst of a final cr- financial crisis. Uh, the financial Fed chairman said that interest rates are going to be going up, and they're going to be going up faster and, and bigger than he anticipated. We have people that are, are in record number of pre-foreclosures, foreclosures, and line of credit uh, in defaults. And also, our credit card um, maxed out in the United States is the highest it's ever been on record. So I do believe that we are in a recession, in the midst of one. But I do believe in the next two years, maybe even three, it's going to be it's going to be rough roads ahead here. So cash is king. I have, I always have cash on me. I do have multiple banks, hoping that you know, I don't have that kind of money where I got to worry about you know losing everything. But Uh, I will say this cash is king. You should always have cash in your somewhere, you know, make sure you got a safe or something so people can't hoist it from your house. If you got it at home and what have you. So, but I I love cash. I, I, I try not to use credit cards or I don't even use a credit card, but if I try not to use my bank cards, unless I have to, one of the things that I'm mystified about is when people use bank cards, they never get a receipt. Anytime I purchase them, I always get a receipt to make sure that I check my bank statements that everything is where it should be. I don't understand the trust that people have in other people because people steal all the time. And a lot of times when somebody robs you from a bank, if you're not paying attention, man, it might it might cause all sorts of havoc on your
2: account. You know, And Dan, that's funny you bring that up because for people, as you mentioned, a lot of people don't use cash. A lot of people use their bank cards. But for as many people that are using their bank cards, I think you have less people than ever that actually fill out a checkbook register.
7: Oh, well, I agree with that. Well, I don't even fill it out anymore. I used to, but... I just check my statements to make sure that they, they're they're good to go. But I call all the time to make sure everything's right where it should be. But I will say this, that they don't want us to be, uh, they want us to be a cashless society. They can control everything you do without people having cash. If you got everything in a credit card, look what happened in Canada. They shut those truckers down. They shut people down. They were, they were just protesting what, what this, the, the COVID uh, uh, shutdown. That's all they were doing. They weren't doing any harm, any foul. They weren't causing any damage. But that shows you how much control a government can have over you with, without having cash. So we have to fight against them doing a cashless society. So I, I tell everybody, have cash on hand. Use cash more often.
2: I'll tell you, if I was a vendor at, at Sabres and Bills games, I'd be the one fighting for, uh, for bringing cash back because I think they're the ones really suffering, Dan, because people are tipping less when they don't have the cash on hand. I know that's a minor detail, but that's the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about cashless are how much the vendors at sporting events are losing out because it's all on a card now, and people tip more when they can tell you just keep the change.
7: I hate to say it Joe, I sent I sense myself tipping more cuz I'm like, "Oh man, which one do I press? I don't want to be the guy that presses the, you know, the 10%, you go for the 20." Oh, you fell right whatever, for their whatever trap.
2: Whatever you're falling right for their trap. Yeah, I can't help, but I don't want to <laughs> look like a fool there, but one thing I will say though is uh,
7: those guys work hard, but I think they'd want cash, too. I think they'd much prefer cash cuz now they're going to have to they're going to have to file for taxes and, and and claim all that if they don't, they can get caught if the IRS. Goes through with these eighty-seven thousand troops they're going to put out there and get the people that, that they say that they claim they're not going to go after. They're going to go after the little man. They're going to go after everybody. They go after you for every penny that you got. They don't want you to have anything. They want full control.
2: They got to. They got to find something for them to do, Dan. That's
7: right. No hey, doubt about it, Joe. Have
2: a good weekend, man. Dan in Tanawanda opens the line for you 803-0930, star nine thirty. And you know, it, it, it's funny because you know you are going more and more cash less, right? And I think COVID really kind of just fast-tracked cashless. But, you know, I'm 34, and I'm like Dan. I try to always have some type of cash in my pocket that's more because I feel I'm going to lose something or I forgot a bill was coming out of my bank account and that that money might not be there. Um, So I always have cash. I always try to at least have 20 bucks on me. And it's funny because I'll say that. I'll tell my wife. I I try to always have 20 on me, except when she asks me for, you know, hey, do you have 20 for this? And I don't have the 20 on me. But I try to always have at least 20 bucks on me. And as someone who does a side job for tips, let me tell you, I like tips no matter how they come. But Dan's right. I like those tips when they're in cash. Just saying. 803-0930-STAR-930. Beamer in for Bowerly talking about this uh, Silicon Valley Bank, the 16th largest bank in the country, shut down today and taken over by the FDIC. We had Ed Hutton from Niagara University on in the first segment. If you missed that. Uh, go listen online at WBEN.com or on the Odyssey app. Also, good luck to Niagara Purple Eagles in the Mac semifinals. They play at six o'clock on ESPN Plus and ESPN News. Uh, they're playing Iona. So good luck to them trying to advance to the final of the Mac, the long Mac, the M A A C uh, tournament. But Ed Hutton was on and breaking this down. I want to know your thoughts. 8030930, star nine thirty. Also, uh, ways you finance, and maybe the ways that the, the way you've handled your banking has changed over the years, and do you have a reaction to this? This is the second largest bank to collapse in American history. That is according to Insider Paper, Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest bank, the, the largest bank to, to, to fail was Washington Mutual in 2008. The assets at the time of failure were $307 billion. Silicon Valley Bank, this year, today, 209 billion, second billion. largest in American history. Uh, your thoughts of this? Do you have fears now, uh, this news, the 16th largest bank? And uh, how do you handle your, your banking? Do you spread it to different banks? Uh, and I'll, I'll even throw this out there. What would happen if I told you you didn't have access to your main bank account for the weekend, because that's what bankers at SVB are being told uh, this afternoon. We'll go to Lancaster and speak with John. Hey, John, thanks for hanging on.
5: Um, I usually open about 10 bank accounts a year, and I'll tell you why. Um, beginning of last year, I opened four bank accounts for checking accounts, and they're the ones that offer the $200 or $250 bonus if you direct deposit $500 in within 90 days. So I'll take three banks, deposit five hundred dollars in each one within opening it, deposit another switch switch my direct deposit with my ADP app on my phone to deposit five hundred into two other bank accounts, so I got five of them all done, and then, after like a couple of months, they deposit all my two hundred dollars in or two fifty, and it's about a thousand dollars. Now, I close all those bank accounts and I pay twenty four dollars on each one for an early cancellation fee. And then I open another five bank accounts and do the same thing. Now, the banks will all send you a 1099 for each one so you can file. Like, I think it's about $18 I paid on the $200 in taxes. But you can't go back to those original banks. You have to wait a year. So you got to juggle five, then another five, and then you go back to the original five. But I make a couple
2: thousand on the banks every year. Wow, John, that takes that takes so much concentration and Absolutely. being able to keep uh, keep up with everything. I mean, I would be too scared that you know I would put the number in wrong and I would miss a check one week.
5: No, it's it's so easy. The ADP app, you put you you allocate percentages. So, say uh, with my paycheck, I can do twenty percent, twenty percent, and sixty uh, percent, and then I can go back into the app and sign in and just change it to. You know, 10%, 10%, um, 80%, whatever I want. But it only takes 10 minutes to fill out an application online on your phone, and just be, all you do—it's a form. You just do your name and address and company, you work for, social security, and then it's you plug in the offer code, and it's really easy to do. If you look online on Google, uh, top 30 banks offering checking account bonuses, they'll tell you the breakdown so well. easy. I don't know why people aren't making free money every uh,
2: year. Look at you, John. Look at you. All right. John in Lancaster has a lot more patience than us, but it's paying off. John, I appreciate the call. Opens a line for you at 803-0930, star 930. You know, all this bank talk, all this bank talk, you know what I'm thinking of? And it's probably the last movie people are going to think I'm going to. But one of my favorite movies that semi takes place in a bank, Jim Carrey's The Mask. Have you ever seen this movie, Josh? Cameron Diaz, Jim Carrey, awesome movie. And uh, um, I'm just thinking, as, as John was talking about Banks, I'm just thinking about Stanley Ipkiss uh, <laughs> going through the paperwork for uh, John opening and closing his account. But uh, The Mask, very, a hot movie at the time. I mean, that was a hot movie. I, I had that VHS as a kid. And it, it seems like it went from hot movie in the mid-90s to a movie that no one talks about. It's never on TV. It's still a great movie. I watched it a few weeks ago. It's still a great movie, but you never see it on TV. Anyway, we're talking about banks, and of course, you know me. I'll try to turn any kind of conversation into an excuse to talk about a movie. But I want your thoughts on Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank failing the second largest bank failure in american history the 16th largest bank in america is no more people at the bank have been told you have to wait till monday to have access to your money what would you what would happen if i told you right now you had to wait till monday to have access to your bank account how have your banking habits changed over the years with new technology 60% of americans living paycheck to paycheck What would happen if you didn't have access to your money for three days? We'll break that down and so much more. It's Beamer in for Bowerly. More after this.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.